Hey everybody, I'm Miles Wiley. I'm James Walsh. I'm Rob Carpenter. And uh, today we will be discussing what redlining is and its effect on achieving the American dream. So firstly, we'll be talking about what is redlining. So uh, James, what is redlining? Well, Miles, redlining was a discriminatory practice used by banks throughout the 1930s which refused to lend loans to people due to the color of their skin or if they lived in poor neighborhoods. You know, the history of segregation in the United States started in 1840 and continued all the way until 1954 when the courts deemed all laws requiring segregation unlawful. In the 1930s, America was still in the Great Depression and discrimination and segregation between blacks and whites was commonplace throughout the nation. To add on to you, Rob, while African Americans tried to move into what people called black neighborhoods, most didn't have the money to pay for the house on the spot. This caused them to ask for loans from the bank. And to add on to that, the banks rejected, rejected uh, their request for loans. And this was um, through the National Housing Act, which created the Federal Housing Administration. And this is what made redlining become a reality in America. Uh, secondly, we will discuss how did redlining become a common practice in America. So how did it become a common practice, Rob? So, you know, after the war, white veterans, you know, they were coming home jobless and homeless. So the National Housing Act was created by the government, you know, to make houses more inexpensive for veterans. And the catch was that this didn't apply to minorities, and it was kind of unfair. You know, banks were, began to discriminate against African Americans, and it made it much more difficult for them to obtain loans and mortgages. To add on to that, African Americans also served in the war, and while their counterparts, white veterans, were able to like, like reap the benefits from the Housing Act, the um, African Americans and other minorities that served really didn't get any of those benefits. So according to uh, an August 24th, 2017 article in the New York Times, banks began making maps in 1938 separating poor neighborhoods from richer neighborhoods. The poor neighborhoods were drawn red, the the richer neighborhoods were drawn green, and the cities that were drawn red were classified as hazardous and declining, while the other ones were were classified as desirable and the like best, and people want to live there. So like these patterns basically segregated like parts of America, like cities, etc., and um, and it also led led to disparities in access to credit, loans, and mortgages. You're absolutely right, Miles. This practice by banks caused redlining to become more accepted in white suburban areas because it instilled the belief into white families that this was their rightful home, even if, even if they had much to claim to it as a black family. In addition, because obtaining loans and mortgages were not as common for black folks, many couldn't afford to attend college. This in turn caused African Americans to not only receive a worse education, which prohibited them to get a higher paying job, but they also couldn't save enough money to buy a house in a quote-unquote white prestigious neighborhood. This can affect generations of black families living in America. Thirdly, we'll be talking about what the effect of redlining is on public education. So James, can you please talk about the effect of it? All right, Miles. Well, as we know, redlining has often caused sections or parts of suburban and urban areas to have small pockets of extremely poor people. According to the Schott Foundation, and I quote, Minorities such as Hispanics and African Americans were forced to attend underachieving schools. 
In addition, schools with majority-minority enrollment, typically located in once red area, hire less experienced teachers and pay them the least. Uh, that's a key point, James, because it has a major effect on the student's education. There are several, several key impacts of redlining affecting the education of students across the country to this day. According to a November 12, 2014 article in the Economic Policy Institute, disadvantaged students have less access to health care, illiterate parents, and less adequate housing, constraining their college ambitions. This, in turn, explains why redlining has become an almost common and acceptable practice in America. And as we all know, those located, those located in uh, redlined areas are um, the children go to school in disadvantaged uh, schools, which in turn causes all the things we previously talked about. Lastly, we were talking about how is redlining an obstacle to achieving the American dream, which is our main topic to cover in this podcast. So as we all know, redlining has, a, has greatly become an ever-present obstacle for both families and individuals because it hinders the public education system and many families experience discrimination and racism. Um, redlining has a major impact on public education and it causes many disadvantages, which impacts how children can achieve the American dream because this is, education is often an outlet for children to become out of poverty, out of like depression, all those stuff. The public education system, as described earlier, creates a huge educational disadvantage for minorities that often live in areas or sections that were once redlined. That's a key point, Miles, because, you know, these kids start to work right out of high school or even while they're still in high school, and, you know, they have to drop out sometimes, and that's at low-paying jobs. In addition to this, you know, these kids are not as well-educated and taught, which is often a big factor for many universities. And as we all know, attending university is a vital part of achieving the American dream nowadays, unless you start your own Fortune 500 business, that is. Even so, Robert, this systematic racism employed in the 1900s has had an effect on African-American employment. According to a May 27, 2014 article in The Atlantic, I quote that black graduates are twice as likely to be unemployed. So even if they overcome obstacles, redlining has caused an access to public education. Af African Americans are still at a severe disadvantage in achieving the American dream. That's a great point, James. And I recently read in a Washington Post article published on March 28, 2018, that states nearly 70% of formerly redlined communities in Baltimore remain predominantly minority, as well as lower income. And even though that redlining is prohibited because of the Fair Housing Act, it still affects um, communities to this day, and that can affect uh, generations of African Americans and other minorities as they try to achieve the American dream. Thank you.